this week on Bruin and Bold, a Saturday showdown in the MAC West for men's basketball. Central Michigan has a chance to be able to take the lead in the MAC West division if they beat Toledo. We'll also talk about the women's team, which clinched at least a share of the MAC West division this week. Then we'll talk about the baseball team, which is on a hot streak right now. All that more on Bruin and Bold next. And welcome into Bruin and Bold. I am the sports editor, Andrew McDonald. And to my right here, we got. Austin Chass with us, a sports reporter here. Austin, how are we doing today? I'm um, great. You know, I'm ready to get get going for spring break. I mean, I'll still be around, but uh, it'll be nice to have a little bit of a break. How yeah, are you? It, good. I mean, honestly, I'm uh, I'm going back to Grand Rapids for uh, for most of spring break. At least do some work there. And I mean, I've heard it's going to be a blistering 80 degrees. It's going to be uh, extremely warm. You know, down in the South region. So, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I highly, I highly doubt it. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, it's still going to be nice to be away from classes for a little bit and stuff. But I still find myself having to drive back up because I'm driving home tonight. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, but I'll still find myself coming back up here Saturday because just got to be here. Um, it's one it's one of those games where we haven't had this in a while. Um, I, I think we looked back at it. It's been since 2015 since Central Michigan has actually won the MAC West in the regular season um, under Keno Davis. That was before I even started going to school here. Um, this is my third year here now. So it's kind of been like a build up back to that. And this year, this team wasn't supposed um, to be that team. They were projected to finish last in the MAC West. I mean, it was a. Uh, a lot of no-name faces and everything like that. I, you could see behind closed doors. I mean, I think a lot of the people that you know weren't allowed to do that, or that were you know just from the MAC making projections, were just doing it based off of last year and what was returning and everything else. You could see this team had talent, and it was kind of iffy um, throughout a majority of the season. It was up and down, not being able to be consistent enough. Sometimes they would close out games, sometimes they wouldn't. It was it was against the the teams like you know Bowling Green and Buffalo, which were the top of the division in the MAC East, two of the better teams in the conference. Seem you had big leads in those games, couldn't keep them. That's the something they got to fix. But their backs have been against the wall um, for the past couple of weeks. They still had a shot to win the you know the MAC yep. West title um, against Toledo. They were down three games and they've won four in a row. Done what they had to do, and their and their you know biggest piece of this was the other night. Um, against uh, Eastern Michigan when they pulled out a 77-66 comeback victory um, in a game where CMU trailed by 10 at halftime. They trailed by 12 with nearly 16 minutes left to go, and then they just put it together, did what they had to do, got gritty, got steals, got turnovers. It just it changed in the second half. They out-rebounded um, Eastern Michigan 21-13. to It was just the feeling after that game was, you know, that Eastern Michigan was a team going into the season that was projected to, you know, win the Mac West and Central Michigan was projected to finish last. CMU sweeps them this year. They're now in position where they can play for everything. I mean, at least to get a share of it. Um, if they beat Toledo on Saturday, cause Toledo won the first game on the season when the two met up, but if they do win, they'll be even in record and be able to at least split it with two games to go where, you know, one more team could lose. And then the, you know, the other team could take advantage and win both and win it outright. So there's still a lot of scenarios, but nevertheless, Saturday is what matters the most right now. What did you take away from Eastern Michigan? I guess on, on Tuesday more than anything else. Well, I took away, um, it, we kind of talked about it after the game. This team is just gritty. They were able to find a jump shot towards the end of the first half, and they kind of carried themselves with that jump shot through the second half. It was just, I don't know, it was just remarkable to watch because guys like Larry Austin, Dallas Morgan, Kevin McKay, they all stepped up when they really needed to. Um, Sean Roundtree was out, so Morgan stepped in. He wrote a great piece on that. Yeah. And... Thanks. <laughs> yeah, of course. And uh, I, I just think that this team is gritty, and they can go beat anyone. I th- Honestly. I mean, I, obviously projections are one thing, but I, I really think that this team can go out and beat just about anybody in the conference. Yeah, no, um, for sure, man. 
I mean, I I know they really struggled against against TCU, but I would almost dare to say that they could go out and compete with a lot of teams out in the rest of the country. No, I mean they they're they're getting to that point, um, and and no team's as good as where they're supposed to be early in the season. Right. I, you know, they're not going to be Duke. They're not going to be anybody like that. But they could go out and you know if they made an NCAA tournament, it wouldn't shock me if they won a around a sixty four game because of the way they played. And that's kind of what you know Kino said to me the other day. Um, kind of the quote that I took away, I put it out on my Twitter, just saying that he hasn't really had a team in his 11 years of being here that wins off of working like this. You know, he's always had teams that can hit three pointers, a couple of guards that can really shoot, um, stuff like that, and winning with offense simply. But this team doesn't do that. They win at their defense. They are, you know, the way that they do good is off their defense. They lead um, the Mac and Steels right now with 221. Um, they're third in turnover margin, you know, ranked in the top 40 in both those categories in the country. So that's really where they get it done at. And it, and it kind of, I think, comes with who these guys are. And that, that's really what I wrote about the other day um, with my story of kind of just how they're a gritty group. And they, they've proved a lot of people wrong is because, again, nobody knew who half these people were coming into the season. I mean, Larry Awesome was a guy that was highly touted out of high school, but he never really made it at, you know, the other schools in the country, a power five, six, whatever. I know it's different in basketball, but whatever you want to call it, the, the conferences he got to play in. Um, and he comes here and gets a chance to play. And guys like Dallas Morgan, um, guys like, you know, Sean Roundtree, those players have shown up this year and been able to actually make something out of this team. And they do it because they don't take anything for granted. They take this opportunity as a chance to be able to, you know, really, really see the the writing on the wall. They could be that good if they just outwork some of the teams in this conference. And that's what they've done. And, it, and it's just been, you know, and all of them said all of them, I, you know, the most of them. Beginning of the year, didn't really want to talk about the the preseason rankings, but I asked them about it the other night after the game and said, how does it feel to kind of, you know, put yourself in the position to be your Saturday? They said, we played at the chip. Uh, Kevin McKay, especially, he was one that was directly quoted with this, said we played at the chip on our shoulder all year since, the, you know, that mark came out. We really felt like we had a better team than that. I think that all of them agree with that. And, I mean, they're proving it right now because they're they're winning games that people wouldn't have projected them to win coming into the year, especially when the pressure's on them. And, I mean, this this is one of those good stories and marks that you're hearing. I mean, you're hearing of right now in this conference, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I know I know. when you ask Kino that question, he's he's got this big smile on his face. He was yeah. <laughs> he was kind of almost slamming these, these predictions. Um, I think going into this year with those predictions, I don't think you would say that this team would be 9-6, and six, and that could easily be nine and three or what 12 and three excuse yeah. me um <laughs> you know you'd, you'd, if CMU can pull out finish that game yeah. against Buffalo uh they had a 20 point lead at yep. one point um if they can if they can finish that game walk away walk out of Buffalo with a win that first matchup against Bowling Green in McGurk Arena they can win that game I think that it there would be no question that this, I think, would be the best team in a very long time that's played it uh, for for CMU. Yeah, for um, sure. I don't know. It's just just watching that game on Tuesday night. It was just going back to it. It was it was just great. I mean, it was one of I think one of the best games that we've we've seen them play all all year. They started out struggling they struggled mm. in the first half that was that was rough dude i mean there's was awful you didn't see him coming back in the second half at all no and then i i know you <clears throat> you and i were both kind of sitting there saying oh my goodness i can't believe this is happening like 
but we should because it's mm-hmm. it's this team. It's it's the grit that this team has. No, for sure, and that's that's what they do. It's it, it's it's getting to that point where you have to kind of start believing that they're going to be better. You're just waiting for it not to work out. And I think Saturday right. is the perfect you know bomb to drop if they don't get the the, the win goes either way if they get the win it's like all right yep this team's for real and they got two games against niu and western michigan to finish up the season which won't be extremely difficult games no. those are games especially because niu is at home i mean northern illinois is a team that can beat you for sure um and western's a rivalry so you never really know plus on the road you had that factor but i still think central michigan would go in there and take care of business because they're simply more talented yes. but it's just you know i don't know just looking at it as a whole it's it's just a different team um from what i've seen in the past couple of years and that's what i cannot stress enough um to be able to come out in the second half the way that they did um and play and get guys coming off the bench making shots like they did Beachler made some big threes in the first half when they had to have them when they literally could not shit a, hit a shot from the field they went six of ten from three point distance he had two of those and then the only reason was part of the only reason why they hung in that game at all in the first right. half if they don't do that they're not gonna be in a period then the second half delio started getting to go with the transition triples dallas morgan had those huge two huge shots to give him the lead and then extend that lead to three points and or four points and from there it was just all CMU. I mean, it was every time we'd see a big dunk from a James Thompson or something like that underneath, you know, anything like that, that would seem like, okay, momentum might start going back towards Eastern Michigan. It wouldn't work out that way. CMU would come right back down the court. They would, they would hustle down the court because that's, they knew that's what they had to do to beat that zone and yep. actually have a chance to get through it. Did it every single time it was working. And yes, does that absolutely help? They were hitting their threes hundred percent. That's how, that's a big part of beating Eastern Michigan zone because you're always going to have those little gaps where you can get off the quick release ones and CMU was on that night with them and, and, and when it wasn't that it was Larry Austin and Kevin McKay again that fought through that zone in the middle and were able to find every single shot that they had to so yeah yeah it's different and what you said about this team being one of the best um you know possible under Aquino Davis like so far since it's here and I know the record might not well the overall record does but again that's skewed because of who they play in the non-conference but yeah. you know nine and six record in Mac play and you kind of think about it and say, yeah, they could they could be twelve and three. We talked about that just a couple of days ago. We're like, they had the games against Buffalo and Bowling Green. It's not at all an exaggeration to say they could have won those just because those teams are probably better than CMU overall record wise or play better than them all year. I know that for sure Buffalo is definitely a better talented team, but when you look at it, I mean they had double digit leads in both those games, especially the Buffalo one up by twenty. Anytime you have that kind of a lead in a game, it's it's you that blew it. I mean it's nobody else. So right. they were that close to doing that. Now I really do think they're starting to learn that and it's gonna be all put to the test on Saturday when they have a, a game against Toledo like this where even if the crowd isn't that big, because it probably won't be a spring break and everything else. I mean probably a lot of like locals and parents still will still be there. The student sections will probably be a little small. Um it still is that home feel. It's still senior day. There's still gonna be a lot of momentum going into that game and i know that they know that and are thinking that way about it if they can get the job done that's going to kind of say a lot about them and, and really this team still could make themselves into one of the best under keno davis you know record wise prove it because they could make a run in the mac tournament i mean none of there's nothing right now that tells me that they can't right now they'd be in the number four seed um waiting to play their uh kent state or western michigan i think that we'd all know it'd be kent state so it that would be a good game in that four or five matchup if it does end up happening that way i mean it's all going to change because of what happens on saturday but Nevertheless, right now they're putting themselves in the position to even be a first-round buy, and you can still make a special season out of that if you just get a, even a win in the MAC tournament at that yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it's it's March, right? It, yeah, winning in March is is huge. Uh, no matter whether it's your regular season, you know, regular season winding down, or if it's a postseason tournament, or heck, even the NCAA tournament. Um, you you touched on you know Buffalo and. Uh, Bowling Green maybe being a little bit more talented than CMU and really 
both those games kind of came down to the wire a little bit. I know the Buffalo game was a double-digit win for Buffalo, but it makes me think of a quote that um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. Um, and this CMU team works hard, so I think they they really have a really good chance to make a deep run in the MAC tournament, and who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, not gonna yeah, sit, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to make the they're going to win the MAC and go to the NCAA tournament, but I could I, I could see it happening. It's it's very possible. I mean, because the other thing is this conference has been so balanced this year that a team like Buffalo or I mean Bowling Green's starting to struggle, so they're really not where they were. I think the one team that stands alone in this conference right now is definitely Buffalo. They're starting to I mean they're uh, they're the only team that's kind of separated, but they've lost some games this year. They've had teams that have come in and beat them, and that can happen in a tournament situation I, I go back every time to use an example a couple of years ago um when C- or when cmu the women's team went in as the number one overall seed expected to make a big run and western michigan came in there as like a, i forget it was eight or nine or something like that and knocked them out in the first game and everyone was just jaw dropped and you're like what you know what happened that happens all the time in march basketball so yes. you really don't know what can happen any year but the way that this team plays exactly what you said with the work ethic and everything else they can beat anybody if they get their momentum going in the right way because when they get on a run very hard to slow down. So it'll be 4.30 um, on Saturday at McGurk Arena. So, again, I think you're going to be kind of writing something about this just if they, yep. if you know, they do get to that point or if, if you're around, if you're even in the state, anything like that, you and you like CMU basketball or you follow it close, come out and support it because, seriously, it's it every time that they have energy in that arena, they feed off their crowd, it, it helps them immensely because of the team that they are, the way that they play. If you want them to win, it's only going to help them win if you're there making Get noise. to McGurk. Exactly, exactly. So I implore you, please, <laughs> if you are within driving distance, get to McGurk Arena. Exactly. 4.30, we'll see. We'll see what it is. Either way, it just makes for a, a better better game when you have a better environment. So we'll see how it turns out. Going off of that, though, just to quickly talk about the women's team. I mean, we're not trying to downplay them or anything because of what they've been doing. It's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. It's just expected. Um, there's only a few games left in the year, and, and they're – in control pretty much of winning the Mac West um, regardless. But right now they, uh, they did officially quit or clinch a share of the Mac West uh, title last night with a win over ball state. Um, so nevertheless, you know, they, they, they did have to rally um to come back and get the win, but they did do it um, in one eighty one to 64. So Sue Guevara has her team again, where she wants them to be going to the Mac tournament. I think now it's kind of, you know, starting to even out to where it's just she finishes strong. I know that Presley and Rain are two players that know what they have to do to get the job done in the tournament. Um, and I don't think we're seeing any signs of them slowing down right now. Oh, no. No, not a chance. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Raina had her 12th consecutive double-double last night. Um, well, anyway, Raina Frost like, yeah. and Presley Hudson, <laughs> like you said, they're – it's just been like that com- that combination has just been dominant all all season for for CMU. Um, we were kind of talking about this a little bit. Um, do you think they need to find a third piece? Maybe I don't want to say more contributions from Michaela Kelly, but I would say maybe more more scoring, more assists from. Well, that's the thing in the tournament. You don't ever want to just rely on two people. Um, you want to get it, you know, from, from everybody else and, and stuff like that. You want to, you want to see people come off the bench, even like, you know, a Gabby bird or something like that. Like you want to see someone that doesn't always make noise, come in and, and make the noise. But Michaela Kelly is a key piece that, that is one that not, it can't just be Reyna and Presley all the time. Cause sometimes, I mean, I, I don't know if Reyna Frost will have an off game in that tournament. I'm not going to say she will, <laughs> she will, because honestly, she's so focused right now with what she's doing. 
Presley is a great player. Don't get me wrong in what she has done at Central Michigan has been phenomenal, but she has her off days where she can't hit her threes, and that's because she's a three-point shooter. It happens to anybody that is in that category. Raina Frost is just simply consistent, man. You know what you're going to get every single time that she comes out and plays, and they they need to find it from somebody else for when Presley isn't working or they're not getting enough out of her that someone else can be it. I think it has to be Michaela Kelly. She's been there. She's done it before. Um, she's seen the the highest of the highs for the MAC tournament, and she knows what it takes to win that tournament. That's why you're going to look for somebody like her. So, yeah, right. just looking at the MAC standings really quick. Um, it's uh, it's right now CMU is twelve and three overall in, in the West Division, and Toledo is nine and six. Um, there's three games remaining. So. Unless they lose, uh, they, they they've got it, and I mean, it would it would take pretty much, you know, them them to lose out and Toledo to win out um, for CMU to not get the title. So, really, they just have to win one more game or two more games or whatever. They they play Toledo to end the season, so I guess that could be set up for a showdown if they lost two more games. I don't see them losing to Eastern Michigan and Western Michigan not both a chance. for sure. So, <laughs> pretty much looking at another MAC title there for Sue, and they're going to be the number one seed overall going to the end of the tournament. Like we said, we might need some more. Might need some other players to step up um, in order to be able to get that stuff done. And Michaela Kelly is a player that's kind of done that throughout the year. Um, you never really know who you're going to get it out of though from this team. But Buffalo is the team that scares me. Um, they're the team yeah. that no matter what, if you if you're looking at it and from a CMU standpoint, sure they're not first place in that division, but they have competed with CMU every single time. The 195 game, yeah, 195 final score game when they played in the road. That whole second half went to Buffalo, and if it, it wouldn't have been such a big lead for CMU, they probably would have got ran out of that gym. So. Buffalo knows what they need to do, and they do not like CMU. Um, it's become a rivalry simply because the two teams have been so close every year, and even though Buffalo's probably not going to win the Mac East division, I still think they're one of the better teams in the, in the women's basketball um, side of things. And, again, you know, just looking at that matchup, I could see it being a big one in the tournament. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, one that really scares me uh, is, is Miami. Um, coming from the East, uh, they had, I believe, their nine-game winning streak snapped um last night so it shows that they're mortal um, yeah that sure. they can they can lose a game but they've, they've got an identical 12 and 3 record leading the east um but miami scares me buffalo is almost downright terrifying because you're right if cmu hadn't built up that huge first half lead they probably would have have lost that game and we might not be having the same conversation um, because that could be a demoralizing loss, and mm-hmm. moving forward, maybe it doesn't work out the way that we hope it does or think it does. Yeah, for sure. No, I, and I just look at it again. It's like they have a lot of depth in that Buffalo team. They have a lot of players that can come in and make noise. That's again where you're just going to need more out of CMU. And you kind of look at the players in this team. Michaela Kelly, yeah, she's been there all year as the as the number three person, pretty much averaging 13.6 points per game. Presley and Arena, Presley Arena is at 21.4 points per game. Presley's at 20 points per game. So I mean, you look at both them. Yeah, obviously they're your your main go-to people. But still, I mean, Michaela Kelly's finding four and a half rebounds per game. She's a big player in that category. She's got 104 assists in the season behind a Presley at 159. So I mean, yeah, and see, I, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, the rebounding total, you might as well just, I mean, don't even try it with it, Reina. She's got no. 364. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous to even talk about. She's number three in the country, um, the double double thing, because I mean, she's just kind of competing with a couple of the same type of people that just keep getting them. So. It's it's an interesting stat, but this is where in the tournament, you know, stars are born. And honestly, if I had to pick my one right now, that's going to come out and be big for them in this tournament. If they need shots, I think it's going to be Maddie Waters. I think she's going to come out and hit a couple threes. Um, she's the kind of player that can do that. I mean, she only averages six points a game, but 
those six points usually come off of a couple of threes per game. Yep. I could see a game being close and people really, really, really locking in on Reyna, double teaming her inside. I could see locking in on Presley up top, having their best defender on her and giving her fits all day where she gets kind of frustrated at times. Cause we've definitely seen that in games where she gets really, really down on herself and it definitely kind of hurts her play. Um, that's where you need someone else to step up. And I could see a couple quick fire plug threes uh, from Maddie waters to save them in a tournament game that kind of, extends them on those are the things you always look back at those are the heroes that are like you know unsung you look back at those kind of moments i could see that being her so i don't know if there's anybody else you're looking for on, on the roster that would do um, it but i maddie waters is definitely one of them uh jahari smith down low um she's she's been she's been there she's a freshman you so started all 27 games for a reason yeah exactly <laughs> uh, a freshman starting every single game that is just downright remarkable um in, in my eyes um I think Jahari down there helping helping Reyna really um is gonna be huge going down going down the stretch because it's kind of one of the, she's kind of one of those unsung heroes. Um mm-hmm. but I I think my my X factor outside of Maddie Waters and Michaela Kelly um is Jahari Smith. For sure. And that definitely could be a big thing too, because inside, again, if they double team Reyna Frost, might have to flip some things off to her and hope she can get some buckets too. And she's got a big body, she can she can bang inside, so We'll see what happens, but they got March 2nd. They play against Eastern Michigan on Saturday, so it'll be in Ypsilanti. Um, it'll be a 2 o'clock tip, so make sure you guys are keeping up on that. I know the matchup's huge at McGurk and everything else like that for the men's team because they're playing for a little bit more. I mean, yeah, sure, the women's team's still playing for a MacWest title, but we all know it's going to happen there. So, yep. yep, it'll be interesting to keep up with them and see how they keep going. I'm, I'm ready for Cleveland already at this point, but nevertheless, too, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, the other season that's starting up um, right now is – is baseball got to keep up on those sports and in the men in the men's baseball team men's baseball team the baseball team um they're they're keeping up on it right now and they're they're doing a good job they won six games in a row um swept the whole cardinal classic that they were a part of um and really it's it's kind of the, the the interesting thing so far this year is that cmu is just getting led by a little bit more power um, than they had in the past couple of years last year they had a total of 12 home runs um so far this season through just you know a, a handful of games or a, a, you know a hand a couple of games they already have five home runs. I mean, so they're really turning up their power numbers. Jacob Crumb is killing it. He's already got a couple. Um, one of them was a grand slam over that tournament. So really, I mean, CMU's got a, a team that's looking maybe even a little bit better than what some of the projections had them coming in early in the season. I know some, none of the opponents are huge, and they're going to go to Florida and play a couple teams over spring break here um, that might give them a little bit more of a challenge over the next week. There's, I think, a total of what, what is it, like eight games? over the next week i'm not for sure on yeah that, I, think, but. I think it's eight games in nine days I yeah exactly so it's, yeah you're, you get your whole one day off and then you know you're, you're back to it again already but no they, they beat the teams at the likes of uh uh prairie view and m university so that's a pretty random one but they beat lamar as well um over that tournament they beat troy a couple times so they they've got their wins against teams that are you know have not the biggest names but nevertheless it's still it's still impressive because early in the season this is usually when you kind of have some of your struggles and don't know and they started out 0-2 so you kind of might have you know thought that might have kept coming um but really i mean it's just been it's been fun to watch them and and keep up with them and how they've been playing so far because they've just been pretty good but i know zach zach hiki is a guy who's been hitting the ball pretty well um as well or third baseman um and their catcher griffin lockwell powell he's had he's had a few um good games so far for him this year so really the lineup has been able to come together um and and find a way to do it but zach cone um he's a guy that is already 2-0 in the year leading their leading their pitching staff um, the junior right-hander uh, through the last game that they played, he went through five innings, um, allowed uh, four runs, but still, nevertheless, he's been able to get a couple wins, and they're they're hitting his back to up because the last 
three out of four games, they've been able to score in the double digits um, in the run category. So whenever ever you're able to do that, something's going right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just looking at it, they have seven home runs as a team. Uh, and Jacob Crum was just named the um, Mac athlete of the week yeah player of the week however you yeah they do player it. and pitcher of the week in baseball right. it's kind of weird just like for the, the two they don't like separate the divisions like they do in I don't, I don't even know if there is in baseball so yeah yeah they just kind of keep it like you know up and down like that where there's just a couple awards but right i mean it and it, it makes sense but anyway um he, he had 10 rbis last weekend um which is which is huge uh the the grand slam like you mentioned then his other home run was was a three-run shot mm-hmm. um so I mean, there's there's seven RBIs well, right there. Yeah, no, Andre Jackson was always small ball. It was always I got a I got a bunch. We got to move guys around this way. This is how we're going to play the game. It's just not been like that so far, you know, mm-hmm. under the new leadership, and they're really just finding a way to get um, the job done so far. So we'll keep up with them. But yeah, just to list it off really quick for you guys, so you do know um, what's coming up with the baseball team. Unfortunately, we don't have as much on them yet because we just haven't really had as much access. Because this is always the time of the year when they're always on the road, and obviously we have to be in school too, so it's pretty hard to keep up with it. But they play. Um, Hofstra on March 2nd, and then Butler as well. Um, so that'll be a, a doubleheader on the first Saturday when they get there. Um, and then they'll have Pittsburgh, um, St. Peter's for two games, but they'll be separated by the days, March 5th and March 6th. They play Mount St. Mary's on March 8th, though, that off day on March 7th, and it's March 9th against Villanova and March 10th against Villanova as well. So a couple tough ones probably against Villanova there to wrap it up a bigger name school a little bit. But And Pittsburgh is in there as well. So Butler, a couple, couple names that are a little bit bigger. Right. So I'm interested to see how they do against teams like that compared to what they might have played to start the year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think um, if – what we say so eight games in nine days if they can if they can come away 500 with with that week and a half um they're they're in good shape really um because you're right that was a very very tough stretch lots of baseball um but if they can if they can if they can come back up to the midwest because they travel up to play illinois state the following week um if they can go in illinois state above 500 obviously that's going to work out really well for him and it'll get the ball rolling as you kind of come up to the colder weather and start start playing teams more in your area and eventually hit mac play for sure, for sure. so we'll see what happens with that but that'll be it for this us this week um on maroon and bold thank you guys for listening um and have a good spring break we'll be back after that so obviously won't be recorded one next week but you can always keep up with cm life and cm life sports on twitter we'll be up to date on all the games we don't we don't get time off from that so we'll still be doing all that good stuff but thank you guys for listening we'll talk at you when we're back from break